This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm thrilled to welcome our next guest joining me via Zoom, um, all the way from Milan, um, Christina Fontana, who's Alibaba's Head of Luxury. And she's here to talk to us about new retail, how luxury is going to survive this pandemic, et cetera. So welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So I really do want to talk about everything luxury, everything digital, everything retail. But before we start, let's just get a little bit about your background. How did you get to where you are? Um, Alibaba's head of luxury in Italy. How did that come about? Um, actually, I am American. I think you can tell from my English. Uh, my father's Italian. So I have always been back and forth between the United States and Italy. Um, and I have always been working in digital, helping um, industries understand how digital can really enhance um, the way that they do business. So I started working with Alibaba five years ago when they opened the office in Milan. And of course, being in Italy, kind of the heart of the luxury business, I quickly focused on um, how Alibaba could help the luxury brands really improve the way they're doing business and reach out to their consumers in new ways. So it's been an evolution that's been really exciting and fun to follow. Yeah, it's really interesting to see the evolution of a lot of this. I mean, I would say maybe five years ago, I guess when you started, luxury was anti-digital almost. They were almost anti they were anti-e-commerce because it was the opposite of what luxury was supposed to mean. Luxury is supposed to be inaccessible and elite and e-commerce was for everyone and making things very accessible. So there's been a real switch in luxury's point of view with regard to digital. Can you comment on any of that? Do you agree with what I'm saying here? Absolutely. And I think that I've been working on the internet since, you know, for the last 20 years. So we've definitely seen an evolution and I would say that all of us, when we first started purchasing things on the internet, we went there because it was someplace where we could find cheap things quickly. And our usage as consumers has really evolved over the years, right? We go there now because we're often stressed for time. You know, we can shop in the evening, we can shop on the train, we can do all kinds of things. So consumer behavior towards digital has really evolved over the last you know, 10 years, as has at the same time, all kinds of brands approach to uh, digital. So I think it's really a question of supply and demand kind of meeting each other on uh, the internet. And we've really seen that explosion, obviously, if we look at this year, you know, this year, the only place that brands and consumers could meet often was in the digital realm, like we're doing this on Zoom right now. So um, it's just been a constant progression and all sides have evolved. And even in Alibaba, the tools that we've created by working with the luxury brands really allows them to now embrace some of the exclusivity. And besides exclusivity, because it's something that we often talk about with luxury brands, I think what's really important is how brands are communicating with their consumers and creating a connection and an experience 
And the tools now are allowing people to do that online. Yeah, I think we're pretty lucky uh, for luxury at the time to have embraced digital before the pandemic or they would have been in really big trouble. Let's let's start a little bit. I'm not sure how many people who are listening to this really know the difference between Alibaba and Amazon because Amazon obviously is the biggest e-commerce player in the U.S. and Alibaba doesn't really have a B2C presence in the U.S. It, it, it's much more of a, for the Chinese marketplace. So I think a lot of people may not even know what Alibaba is and in some way some of the big strokes differences because Alibaba in my opinion is quite different than Amazon. So if we take the very big picture so Alibaba Group obviously is a very big company focused on technology and data that builds platforms and marketplaces for many different segments. So we have a B2B marketplace which is very active in the United States which is Alibaba.com. Uh, but what we're focused on, particularly when we're thinking about luxury, is about bringing our products, so be those from you know, Europe, from the United States, to Chinese consumers. Um, so we're talking about business to consumer platform in China. And I think that's why it's very normal for people to have a little bit of a different understanding because as you correctly said, you can't really see Tmall from a consumer's perspective if you're sitting in the United States because we're targeting Chinese consumers. So that's, you know, there's so much here to unpack. I want to unpack some of the changes in digital and Alibaba's idea of what new retail is. But let's start first with the luxury point of view. And you said something that I think is really important for people who are in the luxury business. I think they'll agree with you on this. The Chinese consumer is extremely important to luxury and probably more important than ever nowadays, especially after the pandemic and some of the markets that were closed down and slow down in luxury and where Ch the Chinese consumers kind of pick some of them up, some of that up. So for even, even before the pandemic, the Chinese consumer held a very special role in luxury. Do you want to talk about some of that? Well, Chinese consumers for some time now have been the largest consumer of luxury products worldwide. So often um, those purchases, however, would take place when Chinese consumers were traveling overseas. They'd come to Europe, they'd come to the United States, and a big part of their travel was focused on um, shopping and luxury purchases. So they have always been a very important consumer for the luxury brands. Obviously, with the change that we've had this year with the kind of total shutdown of international travel, all of those consumption has been happening in mainland China. So consumers are now buying in their home countries. And I think there's a couple things that we need to focus on when we think about the Chinese consumer. First of all, for fashion and apparel, not only luxury, uh, China has become the biggest market in the world uh, for consumer goods. So there's a very strong demand for the products that our American companies are making, that our Italian or French luxury brands are producing. Chinese consumers, though, do tend to be a little bit different. They are much younger than the people purchasing luxury outside of China. They tend to be between 10 and 15 years younger. Um, and they are very curious and very interested in finding out about the products that are available overseas. So we have also a strong growth in the middle class of China. 
Um, and this will be accelerated when we look at the financial situation from this year, where China as a market has continued to grow. Just their GDP overall is continuing to grow and they are coming back quickly from the shutdowns that they had due to the pandemic. So China is absolutely going to be a focus um, for luxury brands for the next years as those consumers are consuming in their home country. So uh, that brings us back a little bit to some of the differences so between Amazon and Alibaba. So Amazon is actually a retailer as well as a marketplace. But Alibaba and Tmall, as you were talking about, is a marketplace. And so in that case, you don't run into some of the issues that Amazon runs into where they compete against some of the brands that are on their platform and some of the issues that are now cropping up about Amazon, I don't think actually apply to Alibaba because Alibaba is just a marketplace. In some sense, you're like the mall and the brands are tenants in your mall, only it's all digital. Do you want to speak to some of that and what your revenue model is and in, in, in that way, how it's different? Well, that's a very excellent example and one that we use quite often because, um, you know, developing your brand in that physical space, the way that you would in a mall or in, you know, a main street shopping environment is very similar to what we do on um, Tmall and what we do in Alibaba. So in a sense, we are building the infrastructure the same way that a mall is or a shop is. So we're building a space where brands can express themselves and they can present their products to their consumers. So it's up to the brands 100% to decide, first of all, what marketing um, activities they want to participate in, what kind of merchandise they want to offer to their Chinese consumers, what kind of discounts or promotions, if any, they want to participate in. And so there's total brand control, which I think is something that obviously is very, very important. But it's not only about brands having total control, it's about us actually building tools um, that allow brands to connect more directly with their consumers. So if we imagine, like we said, you know, that kind of offline experience of shopping, where I go to a mall or I go to a Main Street shopping area, um, you have people. And that's what Tmall brings. We have over um, 800 million consumers on our platform. So we have the people and the traffic coming in front of your store. And we have built the tools that allow consumers, brands, sorry, to reach out to consumers and lure them into their shop with their latest you know, offers and their best products. So we built technologies that if you look at it for individual companies to build out would be practically impossible, right? You need a certain scale when you're developing new technologies, but then we make these technologies available to all of our brands. So of course, today we're talking about luxury brands because that's my focus, but all of the tools that we build are equally available to every brand that's going to be playing within Tmall and in the Alibaba ecosystem. So it doesn't matter if you're a huge luxury brand or a small up and coming brand, you have access to tools that will allow you to connect with your consumers in China. And if I look at some of the examples of the tools that I'm talking about, we've developed things like, you know, total 3D shopping. So where we will come in and allow brands to completely digitize that experience. Um, I'll use this example that doesn't talk about a brand, but we've done this a lot during the lockdowns, 
We've done, you know, 3D visits to stores and museums so that people can have that experience, even though they're not able to physically visit a location today. And like that, there are many other examples of the way technology helps brands connect to their consumers. Uh, our favorite one this year, which we've seen also taking off outside of China, is the live streaming um, capabilities that we have on our platform. So in live streaming, which again is a technology in each brand, what's really fun is if you look at different brands, Cartier did live streaming for 11.11 and they used some of their most expensive products to bring in very high net worth individuals to experience Cartier. So that, that's how they chose to do their live streaming and really show the best of their brand. There are other people that would be more similar to the KOLs that you're used to seeing maybe in the US market that are doing eight hours a day of live streaming where they're just talking, talking, talking and showing products all day long. Um, something more similar to maybe what you'd see on QVC or something like that. Um, so the technology really is just there to help the brands. So I think that's the major difference. We, um, like you said, as a company, we don't sell anything. Um, we help our brands sell things to Chinese consumers, and we help them understand who those consumers are and how they can reach them directly. Yeah, so like we were talking about, we are talking about luxury, but it's true for all brands. And the brand that I'm in particular, I know about a little bit more is Allbirds, because that was started by a Wharton grad. So I, I know Joey, who is our Wharton MBA student, who's one of the founders of, of Allbirds. Um, and I know he, his, he actually anecdotally was really angry with Amazon, because Amazon just copied his product and didn't copy his his premise, which is really about sustainability and environmental. And he kind of called out Amazon for just copying the look of his shoe without taking into account some of his environmental concerns. But Alberts is a small startup, um, but they're international. And the reason they are international is because they partnered with Alibaba, I believe. So I don't know if that's in your, if you know about that, because you're, I'm not I sure if that's a luxury brand or not, whether you know about that particular example. I love the Alibaba, the um, Allbirds story, maybe because it sounds a little bit like Alibaba. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I love the Allbirds story just because, um, like you mentioned, I love the sustainability around the brand. I love how they have created something that is going direct to consumers and really even helping consumers in a certain sense learn the value of sustainability. So Allbirds did come to China um, directly through Tmall Luxury Pavilion. And it has been a fantastic um, success for them. And I think one thing, an example that I used from Allbirds, and I participated on a panel with Allbirds, so I heard them tell this story, uh, <laughs> but I will share it with you. Because um, it really goes to show the difference between how our tools are about enabling brands. So when Allbirds opened in China, they're on Tmall, there's a channel where consumers leave feedback. And the way consumers leave feedback is just completely beyond anything that you're used to seeing in the United States. Something close to 80% of consumers leave feedback. But when I'm talking about feedback, they're just not just leaving a star rating because the delivery was on time. They're taking pictures of the product, they're unboxing, and they're leaving very real feedback about the product. And what Allbirds was able to learn from this direct interaction with our consumers through the Tmall platform in China 
was that the Chinese consumers didn't particularly appreciate the insoles that were in the shoes um, in the China market. So using that feedback from the consumers, Allbirds was able to adapt their product very quickly to the China market. So sometimes we haven't spoken about new retail yet, but when we talk about technology and how it can really change the processes and the ways that we can create products, I think this is a perfect example because it shows the power sort of, of crowdsourcing my feedback um, you know, from 800 million consumers in China, of course, not everybody on our platform bought Allbirds, but just the way that you can kind of crowdsource feedback and information and really speak directly to your consumers shows the power of the marketplace model. We're not filtering the information that the brand is getting from their consumers. That's why so many brands that are direct to consumer in the United States are on Tmall. So we've seen that a lot of times, Birkenstock, Nike, Harley-Davidson, Allbirds. There's a long list of, of brands that don't traditionally work with other e-commerce players or with other platforms, but in China, they're all on Tmall. And I think that's really a testament to how important the technology we build is and how much we really are about enabling brands. I'm speaking to Christina Fontana, who's Alibaba's head of luxury. And we're talking about Alibaba as a marketplace that's facilitated the entry of a lot of brands, direct to consumer brands, um, into the Chinese consumer. And many of these brands, some of the ones you mentioned, Allbirds, Nike, they don't sell on Amazon. And there's a reason why they don't, because they don't have control over their own brand and their own customer experience. And to what Christina was just talking about, the feedback from their customers. Whereas on Alibaba, since the role of Alibaba is so different than the role of Amazon, it's just a completely different playing field. Let me um, go back to something you just mentioned and take it up a little bit level and look again about what Alibaba is. There's several things that are different about Alibaba that people who are not familiar with them may not know. One of them is the Chinese culture, which is kind of what you were talking about. The idea that it's not just about reviews or you know one star, five stars. It's really a whole culture of sharing and uh, and being part of the community that's part of what the shopping experience is in China, which is very, very different than what you typically see in the US. Um, the other thing that's different about Alibaba, and you mentioned it again, is this idea of new retail. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how Alibaba is defining that? I think we are starting to see that in the US through Amazon and Walmart, but it's relatively new here. And I think it's been in China for a while. Um, yeah, those are two great topics. So let's start with social commerce. The first thing that you mentioned about how we want to share when we're when we're shopping online. And I, I love this topic because we hear so much now about social commerce, right? About our social networks wanting to develop commerce. Um, social has always been a fundamental part of how people choose to shop on Timo. So the same way people will choose to go to uh, you know afternoon shopping trip with their friends, they can do that same experience on Tmall through the technology. So for example, when we are live streaming or when a brand is live streaming, people can actually interact. You know, they're leaving their comments, they're liking, and they're they're talking to the other people. And one of the most important influencing factors for a lot of our Chinese consumers is 
what are their friends buying and what have other people like them bought? Um, so I think that people talk about social commerce. We've been doing social commerce without even really thinking about it on Tmall and Taobao since we've created those platforms. Everything in our platforms is about sharing your experience and interacting. Um, so I think it's really interesting to see that blossoming into um, a better way of brands and consumers um, to interact right now on the internet. And this does kind of feed in, I guess, in a way to new retail. So for us, when we talk about new retail, which you know um, we started talking about quite some time ago, it is this idea that, like we said, technology can really enhance the way that businesses thrive. You mentioned Allbirds earlier, and when we look at the Allbirds experience in China, they have said that when the, there was the first shutdown in China, they were able to basically continue business operations because they had chosen a completely integrated new retail model. So they had the um, stock availability in all of their stores. They were shipping from stores. They had that full infrastructure. So brands that were doing this kind of new retail were already able to face um, the current pandemic. And besides the current pandemic, I think what's really um, fundamental about new retail, new retail puts the person, the consumer at the center of the retail experience. Um, and you know, some people today may still be hesitant to go into shops. Others are very happy to go back in. In any case, our relationship with shopping has certainly changed. Um, we have been digital now for the last year. People have started buying their groceries online. You mentioned Walmart. Um, so really the way that people are interacting is changing. And if we put those people at the center, we need to be able to um, manage our merchandise flow, manage the information, manage customer returns, manage in-store pickup, um, appointment reservations, all of these things, focusing on being sure that we give the right experience to the consumer when they're interacting with our company or with our brand. So for us, I think new retail really is about the way retail is developing into a constant flow of communication between the brand and the consumer. And it's not just that, it's also, I mean, it's totally omnichannel, I agree on that kind of sense, but it's like digitizing the inventory, digitizing the finance, Absolutely. digitizing the supply chain. And, and, and I think that was accelerated for sure by the pandemic, but as you said, Alibaba has been doing that for a long time. And so what retail means now is this omni-channel experience. It's just this 24 seven interaction with the customer, um, online, offline, and everything is all smoothly interwoven, the delivery, the fulfillment and the customer experience. And I think we are starting to move to that in the US and it's definitely been accelerated by pandemic, but it's not the way we used to do business. And many of the retailers were, were in a bad situation when COVID-19 struck because they didn't have that integrated interface. And you know, to be fair on the brands that we're talking about, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not something that you just wake up one morning and you want to be completely digitized. So this is really what we're focused on now. I would say now and moving forward is helping brands digitize their activities around, like you mentioned, logistics, merchandise management, stock fulfillment, and marketing activities and communication. 
But yes, we always talk about the live streaming and the marketing and the omni-channel. We do forget often the little bit of the nitty gritty about we actually need to be sure that we've put the right merchandise in the right store on the right day. And if we digitize all of those activities, our brands can be much more efficient. And that's where they can really make a difference on their bottom line. Oh, there's so much to say about this. It's such a huge topic, but we're out of time. Thank you so much, Christina, for joining us today. I'd love to have you back to continue this conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was great to be here. Yeah, thank you. I'd like to thank our audio engineer, Dion Simpkins, and Chris Tooks, and our producer, Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we replay our show several times throughout the week. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at SXM Business for information about our show and guest lineup. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 